Warning, this podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Facts. Alright, so welcome to Records and Bands. Uh, Sam tonight in the host chair. Uh, Rob is with me, making sure I don't press the wrong buttons and lose everything. Rob, say hello to the listener. How you doing? You're right. It's yeah. weird. I'm not sure if I overly trust you with this tonight, but let's go. Well, there's one way to find out, isn't there? And also joining us tonight, I've been trying to think of a good intro for him all day. Um, I say all day, I mean the, the hour that he was coming on. <laughs> so tonight we're joined by a voice you may have heard on the podcast briefly before uh, on our specials episode. He was our special island correspondent. Uh, a man I've known for a number of years now, probably more than he'd care to admit. A man who I can honestly say would do anything for his friends, unless that thing is sharing his tent with you at the Isle of Wight Festival. <laughs> so, without further ado, welcome to Records and Bands, my best mate's dad, Stuart Babington. Hello, Sam. How are you? How mate? you doing, Stu? Hello, Rob. You all right? You're right. <laughs> yeah, good. Yes, I will never forgive you for that, Stu. That wet and windy night. You were never going to get in our bloody tent at all, <laughs> not even in the porch. You stick in old blue, mate, and that's that. Yes, that was that was a rough night. But <laughs> anyway, we live and we learn. So, Stu, you're joining us tonight uh, to go through our 10 questions. It is 10, yep. got 10 on my list. Just before um, we get into the questions, can I just... Um, yeah. So you, you were with us before... Well, not with us. You dropped us a nice audio segment about the debut specials record. Um, yes, yeah. Is it that sort of period that's your wheelhouse, is it, generally? or? Yeah, I think so. I think that, that was when I did... But I was sort of 16 in 79. So sort of through that period, through to... I suppose, yeah, and then again, sort of then picking bits and pieces up. So as the kids got into stuff, and and more Tom really, because me and Tom went used to go to quite a lot of gigs, and then go then started my second going to um, festivals, and you know picking just finding finding the odd band, finding things, you know, uh, you know things like Sleaford Mods, and yeah, you know, um, Fontaine's DC. Um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Skinny Lister, I really like. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yard, yard acts, mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's just the, the odd thing that pops up, and you think, yeah, I'm really into this. And uh, we've got a mate in Southampton who he says, Oh, we've got a gig, you fancy it? And I never listen to the band. I just go, Yeah, I'm coming. And nine times out of ten, they're pretty good. That's the odd one. It's just <laughs> awful. But, you know, no, and it's always nice to find something, and uh, it's nice to be on the front of something, isn't it? Cool. Right. Go on then, Sam. Fire away. Right. Um, so, yes, yeah, we'll, we'll jump straight in to the, to the questions and, you know, feel free to digress, shoot off at tangents as much as you will. So our first question. So we want to know your top three albums of all time or your top three bands slash artists or if you really fancy your chances, both. Hey. I always find this the, the worst question, isn't it? Because you'll be listening to some 
something that completely influences you or you haven't listened to something for ages and then you suddenly go, that's it, that that's where it is. So I try to I try to stick to three albums, uh, but they're all of artists that I really love. Um, and I thought, well, let's just put three down, put them down and then stick with it because every time you look at it, I think, oh, yeah, but what about, what about? And you can never get there. So I've gone for um, A Kind of Bunny Men, Seven Seas, absolutely absolutely love that album there is just something about it it's i love the Bunnymen, but that album was just it 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 spoke to me at that time it was just something i had a a nice big black coat at the time and it was all (laughs) it it just was fantastic for me that 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 album i could just play that and i could sing every word to it i you know i know that back to front forgive me sorry yeah go on now, I think, you know, that, that goes with all three of these, but go on, you go. I was just going to say, I'm not overly familiar with, with Echo and the Bunnymen. Is that the album with the big hit on it? And I'm struggling to remember what Killing the big Moon, hit you're was. Killing Moon, you're thinking of. Killing Moon, that's it. Killing Moon. Yes. Yeah, it's got that on it. It's got the cutter. It's got uh, Seven Seas. It's, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Silver. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a blue album with a, a, a boat with the band right. in a boat on yeah. the front. So, yeah. Um, Echo and it. the Bunny Men came up a while ago, and not sure if you remember this, Sam, it's going back a bit. There's um, the song that they released in about 96, 97, is it Nothing Lasts Forever? Nothing yeah. Lasts Forever. Yeah, I, great like, song, that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I think we, I can't remember why, why it came up, Sam, but we were talking about it, and it, 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 it you can't remember. It just... It just came up, and I was like, "Yeah, that's an absolutely." It might have been mm. mega choruses or something like that we were talking about, but yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. rant for me is like, it's... yeah. Joe, Joe Wiley, I think, got on onto that. She was somebody that sort of championed it when it when it came out. I remember her going on and on about it. So um, at the time, that mm. one, yeah. So that's the first one. Second one, uh, all mod cons by the Jam. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the jam were the first band I ever saw in '79 in Portsmouth, and uh, that that album it was their third album, first album in the city, really raw. Uh, well as young writing days, it was mm. you know very angry, very angst. Uh, second album, uh, this is the modern world, yeah, typical second album from any band, and then they hit it with this all mod cons, which is just brilliant, brilliant. It, it, but again. Fantastic songs on that. Um, just and I love it. It's another one that I could sing all the way through, and I could put on now and just be so happy to listen to it. So yeah, they're one of those bands that kind of get uh, bypassed. They sort of drop off the lists of like the best punk bands of the the seventies. I know they're not necessarily a straight up punk band, but they should be. No, like we did our best records of 77 and it was like oh shit all mod cons that mm. should be on that this yeah. really somewhere yeah. but it was almost an afterthought and i think that happens quite a lot with them yeah, yeah and i think i think obviously with with weller just still being around and still doing his stuff and still doing what he does it, it sort of it, it's almost is forgotten you know and and because they they changed their style didn't they you know i mean uh after all my cons were setting suns and then we went into um uh, sound effects and then the gift which were completely different sounds you know he developed he was taking it more into the style council that mm. type of thing then but yeah i just that period that that time uh and that was i i saw them 
So that mod cons must have been seventy eight, I would imagine, because Setting Suns was seventy nine, eighty, something like that. So yeah, but it, a, a fantastic album, fantastic album. Do you think their reputation? I don't, I don't know the the answer to this necessarily, because um, I, I sometimes think the jam, like like, like Rob's, it's kind of they do sit outside of that other sort of punk stuff yeah. that was around at the time. Do you think that? if they perhaps had been a little more sort of three or four album, five and then kind of kind of stopped, do you think they would be held in, in a similar regard to like the clash? No. Freak, they're the band I'm thinking of here, really. Yeah. I think, I think because they were different, weren't they? They were, they were very English, very mm. English or British. They were, they were, they were riding on the mod wave, although, although it's considered punk and, and, and obviously a lot of, because of the anger and the angst and the 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 the, 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 the anguish that Weller portrayed in that first album, it, it, you know that is the punk part of it. Yeah, I think after that it was very much a new wave. It was the mod. It was, but it was very British. You listen to the lyrics of All Mod Cons. Yeah, uh, you know from that album, it's all it's all very you know English Rose is on there, which is you know mm. Weller wrote it when he was away from from England and. I don't think they at that point they were having a particularly good time in America anyway. But I think it was, yeah, I think that they were very that that they they, I think the Kinks were their big Kinks and the Who were their big influences. Yeah, you know, early Kinks and early Who, and and so they I think they sat outside and they didn't they sort of sat on their own mm. and they had a massive massive following massive following and then obviously the, the mod revival came in. Uh, what seventy nine didn't it? Along with the, the the sort of scar and root boys and and that type of thing. So it, it it sort of they they manufactured themselves away from the punk scene almost very quickly. And and I think I he probably well sort of tried to keep himself away from that because yeah. he he felt he could play and he could play. He was a, oh, he, God, he was yeah, a musician yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he is a musician. And Foxton's bass is just fan, you know mm. he's fantastic. And and Butler's drumming. You know the three of them they were. You know, they were they were playing in sort of seventy five, weren't they? In like working men's clubs and doing yeah. sort of sweet soul music and stuff like that. So they they were very influenced by that type of music. So I think that they they sort of sit outside of that. Really. Yeah, yeah. I think a similar sort of what a comparison could be made maybe to like Elvis Costello in the attractions. Just how yeah. they were just doing yeah. something a li- not sonically, not how they sang, but just they doing something a little bit different and then as the scene progressed, they were at the front of where it was going rather than trying to be one of the cool kids, if that makes sense. I think yeah, I think if you if you look at punk and you look at if you actually sort of analyze it, there were very few rock proper punk bands i mm. think that you know there were a lot of, there were a lot of punk bands but that that made that made it that, that carried that longevity you know if you look at uh, a costello if you look at ian jury i mean ian jury i mean what a fantastic jazz musicians mm. right really yeah. aren't they all of them uh you look at um squeeze who were you know that, i know they were a bit later but you know they were punk were they uh you know uh, the stranglers i mean the stranglers were like, Oh God, I would say that fucking annoying organ. <laughs> I mean, I do like some of the strange stuff, but every time that organ used to come, it used to drive me mad. But they, they could play; they were musicians, weren't they? And mm. and 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 they were that a lot of them were pub pub bands that were were a bit rocky, and they they sort of got driven into that because they sort of picked up on the back of it, and 
you know, some some people were out and out punks, you know, like the Damned and the Pistols and, you know, the, the, the Clash. And But the Clash soon changed, didn't they? They soon, they soon went down their reggae roots and then their yeah, American yeah, yeah. roots and the bluesy roots. And, you know, it's the sound of Insta. That's, that's as far from punk as you could ever get, <laughs> you know. But Some so, of my favourite yeah. records of all time are those three that Strummer did with the Mescaleros. Yeah. Like, like towards, yeah. towards the end, they're, they're brilliant records, those three. Like So you can see where he's going a bit. It's... We sometimes yeah, so, say uh, that when Rob gets on a roll about his grunge music, that it's grunge school. And uh, I think punk school is very much in class tonight, Stu, so far. <laughs> it's great. It's really interesting. And then my third one, uh, my third one is an album we've already talked about, and, and it's the specials. You know, again, just something that absolutely resonated with me after I found it intriguing that whole music that it was something different and and probably because of my age you know at 16 you in 1979 you you sort of really missed the punk bit mm. you, you know it, 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 i mean you, you didn't miss it on the isle of white because you're always 10 years behind your <laughs> anyway but um, but what i mean is that you, you you'd missed that you missed the band the bands were sort of being gone and now were fighting each other or that it was all just a bit all a bit weird but whereas the sort of scar and two-tone scene was just something complete. And it was nice. It was dance music. It was, it was our dance music. It was just something that was just incredible. You know, the beat, the special selector, you know, uh, madness, uh, bad manners, you know, all of that was, it was just good. It was fun. It was fun from that sort of angry, which I don't get me wrong. I love, I love angry music, but but that was, it, it was the angry music, but done in a nice way. If you, I suppose, yeah. So that, and I, you know, I've talked about that album. Yeah, almost carries uh, perhaps a stronger, more serious message than a lot of the the yeah. angry, yeah. shouty stuff does. And you kind of can sometimes get a bit flipped on that, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I think the Clash and and, and certainly had had messages, mm. but it, oh, it God, was, yeah, um, yeah. but but and uh, but but yeah, with the specials and Selector, if you you really listen to the lyrics, it's it's very much about the race issues that that, that yeah. they experienced and and unemployment and just how kids were just put down and and it was it, but it was it was done in a way that people would listen to it, wouldn't they? Well, that's yeah. what I felt. Yeah. So, yeah. So Excellent. there you go. There's my three. There's my That's three. a good that, three. That's and I'm sticking with that three. Although I can <laughs> go off at another twenty-seven, but we won't. Yeah. We if you text me tomorrow that. asking for a re-record, we know why. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm going to stick with them. Be so strong. we're going to probably take you back there. I would imagine now. So we want to know, Stu, what is the yeah. first record you bought with your own money, or yeah. that you asked someone specifically to buy you? And then yeah. part two of that question is what was the last record you sort of bought or the last thing you streamed and that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's quite easy. The first record I ever bought with my own money um, was um, Crazy Horses by the Osmonds. <laughs> Brilliant. And I caught, I caught, it was when we were living in Harrow in North London and I caught the bus and I got on the bus and the guy who was driving the bus was one of our neighbours. So I got the bus for free down to the shop in Harrow. And I must have only been nine or ten at this point. And I went to the little record shop. I could even, it's just before the uh, the, the train station, there's a, a, a bridge. 
and it was on the right-hand side. I went and bought this crazy horses by the Osmonds, and I came home, and I've still got it in the loft, and it was on a look blue vi- uh, blue oh, amazing. So, yeah, that, that was my first record. Um, and to be honest, it's one of those songs that I can't believe that nobody's ever covered and given it a real mm. rock. Because, mm. you know, fully, if, you, if you like, it's so non-Osmonds, isn't it? You know, it is, and it is... It's one of those ones that a covers band could do, and everyone would know it and love it. So, yeah, I'm working to your set. Next yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I'll do that one yeah, just so, next time I see you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> learn it, learn it, and do it. We'll come and see them. So that we, yeah, that was the first one. Um, the last, the last thing I bought, and and I don't download or stream. Well, I do, I do, but I don't buy. It. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, uh, so yeah, the last thing I uh, tangible thing I think that's the only way I ever describe it buying stuff was I bought uh, Skid the Skid Skid to Dance um, yeah. album and I bought uh, I've put in brackets here yesterday well it wasn't yesterday but when I wrote this it was yesterday <laughs> so uh, about a couple of weeks back from a little record independent record store in Ventnor on the Isle of Wight so yeah and I I thought well I might have bought something today but I did. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I did I did look at there's a Concert Angels record, uh, but but it was eighteen quid, and I'm not prepared to pay eighteen quid for the Concert Angels. So I did. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I felt really bad once. I'm just going to jump in. There. I went there to a little yeah. record shop opened up in Hereford, and the guy was just he was lit. He was like still setting up, and he yeah. he came in and he had a box of records on the side, and he went and he just went oh. I don't know what's in there, lads, but have a look through and, I don't know, two quid, whatever you want from there. Like, So I start flicking through and I'm like, shit, that's new boots and panties. So I pulled it out and I was like, two quid for this one? And he looked at me and he was like, fuck. Yeah, I've said it now. And it was like, oh, I'm not sure it was like an original one, but it was an old one, like. Don't yeah. matter, it's two quid, mate. You've hit lucky there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. What Talking a record. record shops, that one in Lempster's shot, isn't it? Yeah. We, yeah. Were, we were up last week seeing Amy and Phil and the oh, yeah, yeah. Otto, and I, I nipped, nipped into Lempster. I thought oh, I'd go and have a look. Oh, shut up. Oh. You haven't got another one, have you? Don't think so, no. There was there was two. Have you got another shop? Well, yeah, no. It's <laughs> a charity <laughs> shop or a coffee shop. We, we're sorted for that. <laughs> so, yes. Um, it's it's cool that you still um because it's something that comes up quite a bit is you know do people still buy physical vinyl or CDs or whatnot I think people buy from what I people tend to buy a vinyl and I don't know about how many people buy CDs anymore um but people still I've got like boxes of CDs in the loft I don't know, yeah and, a, and it it seems a waste but then I had a boxes of LPs in the loft and I didn't chuck them so mm. they've come back round. You know, uh, but it, there is. Uh, Rob and I were talking when you, when you were off, Sam, and it, there is something just very nice about being able to sit and put this piece of plastic mm. onto a turntable. You've got the words, or you've got the album in front of you. You can look at it, and you can touch it, and you can feel it. And you can't skip it. You just got to listen to it, and then you, and then you flip it over, and you listen to it again. And yeah, it's just and. Funny enough, I think one of the one of the nice things as well is uh, when you're listening to it, 
you also know where the little jumps and cracks are on your own stuff. <laughs> so yeah. you, you you know when it's going to happen. You know when that that little oh yeah I remember that and that that it can take you back to somewhere very mm. quickly, very quickly. Yeah. yeah, it feels a lot more personal, doesn't it? I had an absolutely amazing day on Saturday. Obviously, it was record record store, yeah, day, yeah, isn't it? And we went in. We got the train because we're down on the south coast now. We're over on to so we moved from the Isle of Wight. We're on Portland yeah. now. Um, oh, so, Portland, right? Yeah. yeah. So we we got the bus into Weymouth and then the train into Pool. And there's a boiler boiler is it boiler plate records or boiler store record boiler room records. Okay. And so I've got two boys and a girl and it was the, the girl one that's really into the music and so she, oh, she nice. so the boys went to the model shop and she came around traipsing around the record shops with me and she bought her first record so oh brilliant yeah. what'd she buy she bought olivia rodrigo sour which is a great record to be honest it's good but, Fair play. Uh, and it's on pink vinyl as well and yeah nice so, yeah <laughs> 24 24 quid like but it's brand a brand new one like but yeah you know it's Starts it is what it is. You, you, we, you can't get them for two ninety nine anymore. No, that's it. <laughs> but then um, yesterday, she she came home from school, and I got yeah. a picture. She sent me a picture on her phone. She came home and put the record on. She sat listening to the record. So nice. Yeah, nice. good on her. Like you know, good. So, anyway, yeah. Stop derailing us, Rob. I'm trying to run a tight, tight ship here. Sorry, me. sorry, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> as tight as a rubber dinghy this is yeah. <laughs> um, so our next question um tell us about your first gig Stu, and also the last one okay so the first one uh which we've touched on already was um uh the Portsmouth guild hall for the jam in 1979 mm-hmm. uh supported by the vapors oh uh, right yeah yeah which uh yeah it was well, it's, it was an experience. It was one of those things that you, I'll never forget. It was it, for me. It's still the best, one of the best gigs I've ever been to. It was just energy was just incredible. Um, I think it made me want to go to more and more live music. Uh, you know, pocket money allowing, and you know, just I, I had to find money to to go. You know, I went to see uh, the Undertones and but the Banshees and Stiff Little Fingers and. We'd go, go as much as we could. Nothing was ever on the island, so we always had to go off the island. Yeah. Uh, and back in those days, if you went to Southampton, you couldn't get a ferry back, so you'd have to catch a train back to Portsmouth to catch a last ferry to get over. Whereas now it's the other way around. Uh, you can always get back from Southampton. Getting back from Portsmouth mm-hmm. is a pain. Right. Uh, you, have to, you have to get the car ferry, so then that's always a pain. So, But there you go. Uh, I need to bridge, Stu. Yeah, I had that... Um... <laughs> I had that when we lived on the other white because Mark Lanigan was playing in Portsmouth. There's, yeah. um, is it the Pavilion or something they've got? Is that the big uh, bigger uh, place? Oh, the um, oh, uh, you, you, the old ice skating and the yeah. swimming pool place, yeah. wasn't it? Um, pyramid, oh. pyramid or Pavilion? Pyramid. Or? The pyramid. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. So he, he he was playing there, and I had a look at it, and to get a ferry home. Because it's more safety, isn't it, than it is Portsmouth? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah. But to get the ferry home, I would have had to have left the gig at like quarter past, 20 past nine. And yeah. like, so was, there was no point going. So, so I ended up getting a Best Western Hotel or whatever, and it cost me like nearly 150 quid to stay over and see him. But, and in the end, they obviously didn't have enough tickets because they, re- they moved it into the Wedgwood rooms. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so I got to see, up into town, yeah, that's it? it, yeah. But I got to see Mark Lanigan, who's one of my favorites, like in a dirty, sweaty, horrible little club, 
instead oh, of like, it was, yeah, it's it's amazing. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is dirty. In there, uh, right? <laughs> oh, it is. They, they always used to grab um, some of the Isle of Wight Festival headliners mm. prior to the festival. So Kasabian played at the Wedgwood Rooms the oh, year that they headlined. Uh, and so did, I'll tell you who else did a gig there for, it must have been members or, or something that if you signed up to the Gorillas, mm. the Gorillas did a, a, a gig in there. The oh, mate nice. went into, it was incredible, incredible. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I quite like the Wedgwood Rooms, and there's a there's a few little gigs, uh, gig venues in Southampton. 1865 is really good, and uh, the Joiners, which is a little pub, so we go and see bands there. So yeah, uh, and then uh, the most recent was Beans on Toast uh, <laughs> in the Loft in Southampton, another little upstairs venue. So I went to see Beans. Yeah, um, he's all right, isn't he? Beans on Toast. He he's always he's always good value, always good yeah. value. So uh, yeah, that was the last. That's the last um, on the cards. I don't think I've got every anything now until Glastonbury. Just simply because of there was a few gigs recently. Like John Otway played on the Isle of Wight. Uh, we've now got a venue on the Isle of Wight. John Otway played on Friday, but we're up in Hereford. Um, <laughs> Typical. Typically, yeah, <laughs> and typically this weekend there's nothing on. Yeah, and I've got nothing on this weekend. But uh, there you go. And there's not even anything on in Southampton worth going to see. So, yeah, a bit frustrating. But there you go. It is. It is what it is. Um, so that's where we are. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, Stu, tell us about the biggest influence on your record collection, be it band, person, whatever. Really. So I think obviously I've always bought vinyl because vinyl was all you could buy when you were, you know, we were kids. There wasn't an option. Uh, you didn't even buy you didn't even buy the cassettes when I was growing up. We, you know, because they they made albums on cassettes before CDs and stuff. But what we did do is we used to buy the blank seat as cassettes and and tape it off each other. So as I say, you know, there's a group of us mates that we, you know, I'm 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 going to buy this. All right, okay, I won't buy it. I'll take it off you. I'll record it, and and that's how we did. So this little group of us sort of influenced each other because then we would go to gigs with each other and. We'd share it, you know, go and listen to music with, you know, the, the, the stuff. Oh, can I borrow that? Can I borrow this? Oh, I've got this single. I've got that. And, you, you know, and then I'd make compilation tapes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think the biggest influence was was my mates and uh, and, and us all sharing this, the, these these bits of, you know, vinyl that we got. And when I started work, when I first started work, I used to go once a week and try and buy something, uh, you know, something I wanted and, you know, try and buy some bits and pieces. So I've got some random shit. I've got some random <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, do, I do think but I never that's... threw it away. Nice, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think that something that is does get lost a little bit now is that sharing of it. And I know, I know there's a lot about paying the art and all that sort of thing. But, like, if someone says to me, I can't, like, the amount of bands who are on a list, I, I'll listen to the, them at some point. Because somebody says, oh, you should listen to them. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll add them to the list. But when, like, you know not quite to the same extent because we had sort of you could download stuff illegally yeah. at home but like you having to make that effort or like you're saying you know say to someone i'll get the tape bang it on there for me yeah yeah, that yeah much more likely to actually listen to it well you did listen to it because you didn't mm. have any other means of you didn't have you know i, I listened to i've got bbc sounds and i i i've got favorites on there that i, I, I don't know you, you guys listen to uh 
a thing called Stereo Underground. It's on a, oh, a, a Saturday night. Um, if you've got BBC Sounds, download it. It's a fantastic couple of hours show. A uh, guy called uh, Richard Latto does it. And it's, okay. uh, and it's quite good. It's a good little show, and I like it. So, yeah, and I've got, I've got other things that I just listen to. I listen to... Uh, I do love Sound of the 70s with Johnny Walker because it's stuff that um, stuff that probably I wasn't quite old wasn't quite old enough to listen to. So I like do quite like some of that. I like listening to some of that retro 70s stuff, you know, that some of it I'm not into, you know, prog rock, but he plays some good rock stuff on there. So I, you can just dip in and out of stuff. But you're right, if somebody held, handed, used to hand you a cassette, mm. you had no choice, you'd listen to it. And, and again, you wouldn't skip it, you'd just leave it on, wouldn't you? That's and it. Yeah. Things would, something would catch your ear. Oh, I like this. I'm going to try and get listened to a bit more of that or whatever. I so, suppose there yeah. was a scarcity back then as well, though, because yeah. like you didn't have all the music and a device in your pocket. Mm. No. You just no. like, if, if you bought a record or your mate bought a record, that might be it for the month. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, because you didn't have the money to buy no. records every week or, or anything, did you? No, you whereas like. Well, you know, if, when I was a kid, a CD was like twelve ninety nine. Well, I can get all the music in the world for that now. For yeah, month, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Stu, have you? Um, well, this is a bit of a double question. Have you ever been in a band? And if so, we yep. want to know about it. And if yep. you haven't, we want to know what sort of band you would like to be in, or what sort of band you'd like to be in now. Okay. Um... Well, I have been in bands. Mm. I've been, uh, I, I, I actually thought, oh, I don't know how many bands. I've been in five bands I've worked All on. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I've, I've sang as a guest vocalist uh, with a few others. Uh, just <laughs> managed to barge my way onto stage nice. and uh, do, do a turn. Um, my first band I was in, it was 1978. It was a, a band called Chiv the Spiv and the Fertling Willards. And uh, That's I... I played, well, I say I played drums. I sat behind a drum kit and I hit them. Um, I could I could keep the rhythm. I'd never never sat behind a drum kit before. So when we used to rehearse, we had some acoustic guitars in, in our front room. Um, and I used to hit the sofa with a pair of drumsticks and I could keep time. But as soon as we got on a drum kit, I thought, oh, shit, this is all making a completely different noise. And it was, <laughs> it was the oddest thing. And uh, we were supporting a band. Uh, I've still got the ticket with a lot called Turby and Jay. And they were some frog rock shit. And they had their amps turned up so loud that nobody could hear. We couldn't hear anything that anybody else was playing. And it was just the weirdest, weirdest gig. <laughs> um, I then moved on. I still stayed with the drums. Uh, so from sort of 79 to 81, we had a band called uh, the Mucus Membranes. Mega um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool now, name. We we were an original band. We actually did, wrote all our own songs, and we we just did one cover. We did Help, where I would actually come out front and sing Help. Um, again, say sing. <laughs> uh, You're in good company then, there, Stu. And then I uh, then then we set up uh, a couple of the lads left the university, so we set up another band called Corrosive Puke, um, which was pretty much a covers band with a couple of our own stuff on it. And then I got really bizarre. And this is the most bizarre part of all of this. <clears throat> so I'm this front man for these bands. I think that's the best way of describing it because I don't class myself as a singer. And uh, these lads contacted me and said, oh, we're setting up this band. We'd, we'd love you to come along and uh, 
you know, do the vocals for us. And I said, oh, okay. And so we, you know, we gave them a little bit of a, a, a do that, um, like this, this hall and we're going to practice and come along. I thought I was, you know, I was in, they're, they're sort of going to see what I'm like. And no, that was it. Well, I was in. I was in this band. And, and uh, this band, called, they were called The Faith because they were heavily into The Cure and uh, a Bowie and um, uh, a little bit of New Order. And uh, it was proper serious. We, we, we rehearsed two, sort of sometimes two times a week. And uh, they gave me lyrics I had to learn. and. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I, I, it was sort of there wasn't a drinking culture around it. I, it, it was it was proper serious, <laughs> you know. And I wasn't used to that, you know. Me, I just wanted to have a beer and have a laugh. So I, I actually enjoyed it. And I, 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 the, funny enough, I still see the drummer uh, from that band every now and again. He still plays in bands, and he, he's a really nice bloke. And uh, but yeah, that I, I was with them for a, a, a sort of a couple of years, and, and it was quite good. It, we we did some nice nice stuff and some good gigs. Um, didn't write our own stuff. It was all covers. It was all covers. But yeah, I and, and actually playing with them sort of got me into uh, some of the sort of Bowie stuff and uh, the Cure. More into the Cure than I'd ever been. You know, I, I, I learned a lot more about the Cure than just a couple of songs that I knew. So yeah, quite like them. And then I didn't do anything until year two thousand. I was in a band called the Merchant Bankers, which was uh, now this great uh, name again. again. They we 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 set ourselves up because the rugby club uh, was sponsored by a local nightclub, and the guy from the nightclub said, "Oh, you need to have a hold a night at the club to raise some money." So basically, he was sponsoring us, but he wanted us to bring more people in anyway. So I said to a couple of lads, "So well, we should just set up a band, don't don't have a laugh." So there's uh, three other blokes who played rugby with us, and we they could all play something. So we we just did uh, punk covers. We were this punk right. band called the Merchant Bankers. And we just grew around town and people loved us. And uh, we did a couple of people's parties, wrote our own songs. The best one we did was for somebody's 30th birthday. And our encore was one of our own songs called Dr. Shipman Killed My Grand. Oh, and, uh, yes, of course it is. <laughs> and... Um, we cleared the dance floor because all the old ladies that were there at the party for the family party just disappeared. Okay, and the I DJ forgot about that. Himself. Yeah. Dr. Shipman, my grand. Why do you do it? Because he can. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't bothered. Wasn't bothered. Thin or fat. He really was a bearded twat. There you go. I'll give you that one for free. Oh, brilliant. That's amazing. I, yeah. I've heard that before, that story before, but I'd completely <laughs> forgotten. So probably yeah, end the podcast um, there, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done, done. Uh, we did have it on video somewhere, but I don't know what happened to that. But I'll find the video, and Sam can cover yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I, I think Tom's got. Well, Tom had the lyrics, so we might have given them back. They're probably in the loft somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna message him after this. <laughs> that's it, yeah. so, come on, Tom, you still got them? So yeah, those are the bands, and like I say, I've done, I've done guest vocals for different people and. I used to go down a pub when I was about, I suppose, about 20, and there was a band, and I used to go and sing um, Do Nothing But a Specials for them. And, nice. Uh, a lot of teenage kicks for lots of different bands. So, yeah, all good fun. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. great. So, speaking of bands, Stu, you're obviously on the islands, and there's a very big festival there, but we're not interested in that one tonight. We want to know, you, uh, you're in charge of booking for your very own festival, six slots. Yep. Who are you booking? 
Well, this was the hardest question. This was the hardest because I, I thought, well, do I go for bands that uh, are dead? Can I have dead bands or have they got to be alive? And and then I thought, well, you know, what about the ones I have seen or the ones I haven't seen? And it was it was becoming more and more difficult. So in the end, I thought, right, make it easier. Um, they, they've got to still exist and in a format that you, yeah. you can still see them. So, um, so the six I went for um, were Stiff Little Fingers, who I absolutely adore and would see, uh, Bunny Men, uh, The Food Buyers, oh, nice. uh, U2, um, but there's a caveat with U2. Can't um, wait to I've, hear this. I've, I have to give Bono the set list. Yeah, okay. yeah, and tell him to shut the fuck up and stop preaching and just get on and sing the fucking songs, and Fair. that's that's the caveat with him. Otherwise, he gets no rider, <laughs> and he don't get paid. And uh, uh, so, and so you have to pay some tax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't really care about that. As long as you don't fucking <laughs> preach to me, I don't care. Um, so I've said fingers, bunny men, uh, foos. Spring, uh, Springsteen, did I say Springsteen? No, you didn't, no. Uh, Springsteen, uh, U2, and uh, Idols. Oh, um, right, yeah, yeah. As a live band, they are... I, I saw them last year at Glastonbury. I missed them the year, the time before, uh, and I missed them locally, and I was getting really annoyed. And we went to see them on the other stage, and they just blew me away. It was exact... It took me back to every best gig I've ever been to. I think he's just a horrible, angsty, nasty, fantastic man. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. They haven't I just haven't landed with me that band, which is odd because there seems to be everything that I would like, but I don't know, it just doesn't seem to quite listening to them can't be done with it. I'm not right. really that I'm not that I'm not bothered. Oh. I, I, I don't own anything by them. I wouldn't really listen to anything by them, but seeing them is a completely different Right, matter. okay. Maybe that's so, it. But there's a there is another band that, that we don't see, the band called Skinny Lister. They mm-hmm. that I call them uh, sort, of, uh, sort of punky sea shanties, if you like. Uh, on on listening to them, they're all right, but I wouldn't bother. Yeah. But going to see them, it's just a, a good night out. So I think it's it's sometimes sometimes just going and seeing the band is far better than listening to it. So um, I then did very quickly. And I could, funny enough, I could only one, two, three. I could only think of four bands that I'd never seen. Oh, okay, I yeah. Would, I'd have which was U two because I've never seen them. Again, same caveat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ACD, ACDC. Uh, I think that'd be. I, I'm not particularly into, but I think they'd be good live. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good show. Uh, Arctic Monkeys, although hopefully I'll see them in a couple of weeks at Glastonbury. Oh yes, yeah. And again, but again, I think I'd have to say to Mike. You, you prick! <laughs> Don't start down your fucking new album bollocks. Just give me the old stuff. And give me the hits. Yeah. In fact, I'm only letting you have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having this uh, conversation at the same time you're talking to Bono? That's why I. Yeah, the both of them. Mind. Both of them. Both he's sat them yeah. both down, and he's like, <laughs> "Well, actually, right, you." <laughs> the, the third band, I'd have to do the same. I'd have to do the same with Kevin Rowland. So, Dex's <laughs> Midnight Runners. I love Dex's Midnight Runners. But he's gone all weird, and he, he's tried to make his—he's trying to make his stuff into a, like a show. No, mate, mm. no, just do the hits, do the songs we like, and so the three of them, I'd have to sit them down and say, yeah, "Oh, don't bother, just don't bother coming. I'm not interested." So, 
<laughs> it is your festival, to be fair. Before, two quick things before we move on from festivals. Um, yeah. Do you, on the island, do you, I don't know if it's still going or not. Do you ever get over to Rhythm Tree? Yeah, we, we've been, we went once. The only reason we've, we've sort of not been through more of it was because it's, it's like a week after we get back from Glastonbury. Yeah. And to be honest, we're done. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and also, I think it, we just had. I think one year we went off to New York. One year, um, something else happened. So, but I did go. I did go one year, and it was brilliant. It's a really lovely little festival. It's, it, it's not on this year. No, we used shame. to go. We used um, to go regularly. I think we went three or four times. We only paid once. The rest yeah. of the time, um, one of the kids' friends' parents lived just over the lane, so we used to get free tickets. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah. Yeah, saw um, the Blockheads one year. That was good. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, did you and... go when Misty and Roots played? Yeah, I think so, yeah. When was that? Was that back 26? Yeah. We left in 20... 2020, we left. So um, it was probably 2019, it... maybe. It wouldn't have happened 2020. I, I think it was. No, it was yeah. 2019. It was, yeah, I think uh, we probably did then. Again, I... Yeah, that was the year we went to New York, and I wanted to go. And, I was going to go just to see Misty and Roots because mm. I saw them forty years ago, something like that. What? And um, the I my I had something in my tooth, and the, the face swelled up, and I felt like shit, so I didn't go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it because it was like, not that we ended up paying most of the time, but when we did pay, it was cheap enough you could just go for the crack just go for shits and giggles whereas like yeah. the big festival is yeah. like 200 quid a ticket for the weekend you're like oh there's one year like at the festival there's only yeah. like the big festival there's only like one band i wanted to watch the whole weekend yeah so i'm not going to that um speaking no. of which how good was bruce springsteen in 2012 he, he was fantastic <laughs> sam, sam, I'll tell you how, what. sam how good was bruce springsteen <sighs> here we go <laughs> Get out of your system. Uh, what boy, eh? You, you just let us down, mate. You, you you let your mate down. He was sad. He was so sad. I've got that picture of him drinking that whole bottle of port because you'd let him down. Right. Uh, and all you said, all you said, all the time, Springsteen, I can't, Steve, what a legend. I can't believe we're going to see Springsteen. Can't believe we're... Then you went Saturday. It's all right, mate. I'll be back tomorrow. I said, well, of course you will. You, you know, there's no way you're not coming back tomorrow. Tomorrow came. You never came back. No, Best boy. gig I've ever seen, Springsteen. I don't think Best I've been to. Best he ever played. <laughs> um, He'll say it himself. Best he ever played. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. That was that. That okay. was the, for me. That was the best the other white festival has been for, for me because you had Petty, Pearl Jam, who are my number one band of all time ever, and then Springsteen. It's just like this can't get any better. Like so. Yeah, I think seven oh seven was the best for us. We had Stones on the Sunday, which uh, it was just brilliant. They were there. They were in touch and distance, right. and they were just fantastic. And uh, I'm trying to think who else played. Oh, Amy Winehouse was absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic on the Saturday. Brilliant, right. blew us away on that Saturday. So, yeah, I think, but there's bits and pieces of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I haven't paid to go to the Isle of Wight Festival now for the last six years, something like that. So, that's right. If, if I did, I don't think I'd go. I don't think no. I'd bother. But, yeah. No. Yeah. There's Good. a where are we up to? There's a very important bracket for this question. This our yeah. next question. So, which band or artist make you dance around the kitchen? And the brackets is like a dickhead. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? I don't think there is any one band or any one tune 
because I, as I said to you, I've just, I'll, I'll randomly listen to, uh, you know, Boopsy Sounds. I'll listen to, you know, the 70s stuff. I'll listen to Gary Davis, 80s stuff. I'll listen to Stereo Underground. I've, I found this brilliant Scottish uh, guy who does uh, a lot of tea time show and he has, he links everything. And just a random tune will turn up and I will just go for it because it, that, and, and it can be something really random, you know, and, or oh, uh, more often than not, it's something I do like, but I haven't just heard for so long. And that, yeah, I think there's something on the other day. I tell you what, it was, it was um, Golden Earring, Radar Love. Oh, what a tune! And I, it, and I was giving it a full guitar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard some weird hipster band trying to cover that somewhere recently. Uh, no, no, it was, no, it was, no, it was like I don't know what it was. It, what was it? I've not, it might have been on Instagram or something, you know, just some weird influencer band, if you like. Start mm. playing, really, uh, I, like, I recognize that. Hang on a minute. And I was like, holy fuck, that's Golden Earring. <laughs> Dad, that's well, one of Dad's was... favorite records of all time. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. was it? Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's a good tune. Good tune, the way it builds. And yeah, so that's a, that, that, that would probably be one I'd go to. Yeah. Oh, let's, yeah, let's say let's say golden earring radar love. There you are. Oh, tune. Uh, as I uh, know it. you, Stu, I know it doesn't take much to get you uh, dancing around like a dickhead. I can, uh, <laughs> I can uh, stand by that. So we're into the back end now. So we've got three more yeah. questions for you. Um, this one, I, I find this one really interesting. Which band or artist does the whole world think are amazing? You just don't get it. And then the flip side of that something you love that nobody else does okay easy the first part uh there are two people and it's weird because actually i do like some of the songs but there's just something about them and it's something about the hype the beatles i've got a mug every week in the kitchen it's got fuck the beatles (laughs) i do you know what i and I, i don't know what it is because I do like some of their stuff, but I just think, yeah, it's all right. But if it was not around now, nobody would be raving about it. And it, mm. it ain't that clever, is it? And oh, I don't know. I don't know. This, this has and, come but, up. The, go on. Sorry, Rob. The Beatles have come up as the answer to this question more than any other band. Um, you're the first person who's older than me to say to say that. Oh. Um, but. I wonder if it's, and I'll probably cut this out because I say it every time it comes up. I wonder if there's an element of they were the first band that got world famous, other than Presley, yeah. may, maybe. Um, but Presley had some good songs. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. so there's so many people who were kids, like 15, 16, when they exploded, that they're still clinging on to it. It's like the last vestiges of youth. Once that goes, we we're just gonna die, like you know. It's... Well, yeah, and you could say the same. You could say the same for our generation with punk. You could say yeah. the same for other people's generation for whatever. So I get that. The the other person that I really, if if it probably in front of the Beatles, in front of everyone that I do not get, written some great songs. As long as he's not singing them, is Dylan. Fuck me, don't get that bloke. Wow. Not cool how you see it, Stu. <laughs> Shite. Again, not the first person to express no. that on this on this version of the show. You love him, though, but, don't you, Sam? I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, really? I, I, yeah. Now, I, I've got. There's two sides to this to this for me, right? Yeah. 
I had a similar conversation with Scott, who plays in the band with us now. Um, and he said, he said, I don't get Dylan. I don't don't see yeah. what all the fuss is about. And I was like, well, you know, laid out my case. And he just said, eh, if you throw enough shit at the wall, something will stick. And I was kind of like, well, oh, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Because he's churned out so much and for so long that, you know, broken clocks right twice a day sort of thing. Um, I don't agree. I think he's great. I think some of Dylan's work is, I think it's just unbelievably good. I think it's just like Subterranean Homesick Blues is one of the all-time greats. Maggie's Farm is one of the all-time greats. If the specials do it. I was, <laughs> do you know what? I was waiting for that, yeah. Um, Go on, give us another one. Hang uh, like, up in blue is amazing. Hang up in blue. Yeah, yeah, you stumped me, but yeah. I put him um, in the same bracket as I do Neil Young, but I like Neil Young a lot oh, more than I like. Yeah, He's another one. <laughs> yeah, I thought he probably <laughs> would be. But again, but it's but, like, it is a one that you either love him or you hate him. Like I, I understand why people yeah. don't like Neil Young. I don't agree with it. I think he's amazing, yeah. but I can understand why. Like You don't get you don't like Neil Young, do you, Sam? Not massively, no. no. So, no. Well, that's all right. Um, so there you go. They, yeah. uh, you know, let's not keep talking about no. people I won't like. Otherwise, yeah. we'll listen. Is there any other legends you want to shit all over, Stu, before we move <laughs> oh, on? <laughs> Uh, and and really weirdly, there, there's there's I've, I've, again I've, I've listed two here. There's one 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 band called uh, from Liverpool called Rats. Uh, I saw them at the festival uh, a couple of years ago, and I really liked them. And I thought this band is something. They're going to do something, and they just don't do anything outside of Liverpool or, oh, or right. Manchester. And they it's just not happening for. And I don't understand why because I thought there was. There was just something about them. It was just for me. I, I I got it, and I said to people, "I oh, come see this band." And people, so they're like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Listen, listen." But no, the other one, which is there's a story behind it. So in eighty, it must have been again about eighty two, I think. You two were playing in uh, Portsmouth, now a place not dissimilar to the Wedgwood Rooms, Rob. Uh, it's a place called the Portsmouth Locarno. So it was an old bingo hall in Portsmouth. It's in the old ta- in the town of Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. You know where where the shops used to be, and then yeah. obviously since uh, Gunwolves come and they were all sort of it's like a haven yeah, for yeah, drugs yeah. and everything else. So it was an old uh, bingo hall, and they were playing there. And, and the band supporting the work of the Comsat Angels, who I talked about earlier, and uh, I thought, well, yeah, brilliant! I'm going to go and see them. Now, a lot of my mates had gone to uni by this point, so I was at I was at, out one night, and I was saying to people, look. Uh, anyone fancy come to see the Comsat Angels? And I said, No, no, I'm not fancy. Don't fancy. I said, Look, they're, they're, they're supporting that band. You too, you know, they're, they're sort of up and coming. They're quite a you know, decent band. People will love, oh, I don't know. In the end, I couldn't get anyone to go and see them. And, uh, and I didn't go. And it's a regret because mm. it would have been at a small venue. It had been that early boy, maybe mm. war had just come out. So, when they still had something about them. them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, it, nobody wanted to go. But within two years, you, you, you're playing through the nose for tickets and they're doing stadiums and, it, you know, the biggest band on the planet and people were fighting over tickets mm. to go and see. Yeah. And it was just one of those, one of those, 
that people didn't get it at that time. And I, and I really liked them at that point. And I loved Concert Angel. So for me, it would have been a great gig. But it, it, it was Live Aid that sent them stratospheric, wasn't it? Even though like, they only yeah, played, they played about 20 minutes, though, didn't they? If that. Yeah, they only all only got 20 minutes. But it was yeah. the way he was. It was it was just, they he he was just on it. He was just mm. fantastic. He, he sold himself. You know, it was a showcase, wasn't it, for him? It was a world showcase for him to put himself out there. And then yeah, never mind the famine, it's the Bono show. <laughs> yeah. Um, He'd had the potato famine, he'd argue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stu, we're going to let you time travel to any yeah. musical era or scene. Where are you going to and why? Can you guess? Can I guess? Are you going to go back and go, go to that U2 gig? <laughs> that's a great shout that Rob no it wasn't that I didn't put that anyway but that's a good shout I, I would go to Coventry in 1979 yeah and see all of might. the Coventry automatics growing into the specials seeing the selector seeing everyone and, and seeing that that movement growing at that time and being in and, in and around that I reckon that would have been so exciting I think that would have been just fantastic yeah and being somebody of you know a mixed race, I think it, I'd have felt comfortable in that environment, and it would have yeah would have been fantastic, amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, so Stu, we are at the end. You've made yeah. it. So the your little reward for putting up with us for the last hour is we're making a playlist. Yeah, for the ages, um, you can pick one song. And one song only to put in on our playlist yeah. for the time capsule. What you got? Well, again, tough, tough one, wasn't it? And, and I just had to go <clears throat> right. What are you going to put in? What what song? What song are you going to put in that uh, you're not going to flip between others? Because there's loads, there's loads in there. There's loads. I'll yeah. the jam. Oh, yeah, but then, but I really like this. So I really like fingers. I really like that. And what I went with. That's really, you'll, 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 you'll be quite shocked with the song. But I went with um, a song that uh, for years you couldn't get it. You couldn't get get hold of it. There, there was just no way. It was, uh, it's a song by Tom Robinson called War Baby. And it is, for me, it's just a song that is it's a lovely, lovely song. And I saw him this year at Glastonbury play it, and it was just brilliant. I, uh, it, uh, everything around me stopped. And I just was mesmerised by it. And that that song, I, my mate gave it me one day to listen to. And I, I, from that point, I, I, it's just a song that I, I go to. It's just, I love it. I just, and it's weird because of everything else that I like, it doesn't sit in there, but it does sit in there because it's so good. Yeah, I think with the the, the song, it, it, it's it, it, it's just weird. It's just one of those that that gets to me. It just gets to me. It's one of those that I just think. You've got to sit and listen to it. Mm. It can't just be on in the background. Um, you know, I've got loads of songs. I've got that. You know, my go-to song is I've seen Teenage Kicks, and but it's just not. It 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 is it, too many people know it. It's, it mm. too many people own that song. Yeah, I don't know many people that own this song. If you like, I think perhaps that's part of it. Perhaps it's just I feel it's very personal to me. It's not something that everybody else knows. Not every something everybody else owns. It's not, you know, it's that 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 thing. I think it's a great pick. I don't don't know the song, but I can't wait to hear it. But yeah, no. It's... Well, it was either that or the Funky Given by the Goodies, but I didn't think we'd put that one. 
Not crazy horses. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks. Tim. Right. Stu, thank you Thanks, guys. so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And thanks for filling our schedule at short notice. Brilliant. Um, would love it if you'd come back and maybe talk Ian Jory, maybe. New Boots and Panties in depth, you perhaps. Chuck us, chuck us something and, yeah, that'd be good. I'd always, always happy to. Always yeah. happy to. So as usual, you can find all the songs chosen for our playlist on the website, recordsandbands.com, and you can follow all our nonsense on the socials and chuck us a quid or two on the Patreon. All the links will be in the show notes. I was Rob. He was Sam. That was Stuart. And that was Records and Bands. Cheers. It's fucking boring.